John chapter 15. Ah, oh, I pray this really blesses you guys. Let me hear this start in my stopwatch. And it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. For abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. For without me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. Can I read one more verse with you guys? One more verse, one more verse. Luke chapter 10. If you have your real Bible, turn the page. If you have your fake Bible that glows in the dark, you could click Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, a woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. What did she do? She made him feel quite at home. She had a sister named Mary who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to go, all she had to do in the kitchen. Later she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. The master said, Martha, Dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, and it won't be taken from her. Could we pray? Could we pray? Is that all right? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, because uh, you're so faithful, God. Uh, we truly believe, Father God, that the words that you speak are life and our spirit and our truth, oh God. Father, we pray, Lord, that this word may not simply be information, but that it may be transformation. Uh, we believe that there's nothing that could truly change a life but your Holy Spirit, oh God. We thank you, Father God, and I, I thank you, God, for giving me the privilege of uh, just preaching at the, the baddest church in Newark, New Jersey, and being married to the hottest woman on earth. Lisa Remedios. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Uh, how many of you guys like words? Words, words. Words are interesting, aren't they? Aren't words interesting? Like, uh, he, here's one thing about when it comes to reading the word. You read the word and you're like, sometimes you're like, huh? Right? Like, what are you talking about? Well, this also happens not only with God, but this happens in marriage. Yeah. All right. So um, and, and one thing I've realized that that men and women communicate differently and, and men are trying to understand what their wives are trying to say. And women are trying to understand or women are trying to ruin men's life. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> women are trying to understand what their husband wants to say. Like, for example, like my wife is from Brooklyn. You guys know that Brooklyn people in the house. Yes. All right. One person. God bless you. 
We got to pray for you. <laughs> and so my, my wife, we got married. We've, we've only been together four years. Like there's this one word. There's some words that women say that mean the complete opposite of what they're trying to say. How are we supposed to figure that one out? So for example, one of these words is this word. It's a four letter word. It's not a curse. Relax. And it's this word, this word right here. Fine. Now, now please, please understand that I, I think fine is fine. But fine doesn't mean fine in women. So, take my time. Take my time. Take, fine doesn't mean fine in womenese, right? It doesn't mean that. Because when my wife tells me fine, baby, you look so good today. My wife tells me fine, she actually, she looks like this. She's, she's, whoo, santo Dios de la gloria. So beautiful. It's gorgeous. She's like, fine. That's how she looks like. Oh, her gorgeous self. But on the inside, on the inside, my, 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 my wife, my wife looks like this. I'm just being transparent. I'm just being transparent. You know, my, my wife, she says fine. And, and, and let's be honest, like most women, can I, can, I, can I speak to the single folk in the house? I want to help you out right now. Can I help you out? There's a few words that you got to understand that, that when they say it to you, it means the complete opposite. So here's another one. When you ask your, your lady, your significant other, you ask her, hey, All right, I want to make sure I got the right word. This word right here. Hey, what's wrong? And she says this. It means the complete opposite. It means everything is wrong. When, when you ask, hey, everything all right? What's wrong? Nothing. All right, baby, I love you. I'll see you. I'm going to go watch the game. No. Don't do it. Everything is wrong everything here's another word this now this one this one a lot of a lot of hispanic women say and this one means the complete opposite it's two words joined together now there's two words and it says go ahead now now if she says go ahead you better not go ahead Please, I'm, I'm talking to the single folk in the house. Married folk, can I get a witness? You better not go ahead. Single folk, please, 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 please. And if she merges it, and she says, and she leaves out the A, and she goes, go ahead. Oh, papa. Ya está, papa. Te fuiste, papa. Two more, two more. This word right here. Whatever. Oh, papa. We're just going to skip that one. We're going to skip that one. That's the bonus. This one, this next one, when you're done arguing, 
And she finishes with this. It's okay. You call George like 911. You say, George, she said it's okay. It's not okay, guys. It is not okay. You call George, and if George is not available, I'll give you my number. You call me. I will, 2 o'clock in the morning. She said it's okay. Okay, we need a prayer group right now. Everybody, come on. We're interceding in this bad boy right here. We, we got to, you call all your elders. She said, it's like the Batman signal goes up. It's okay. She said, it's okay. Batman signal, P-O-G, the big logo. Run now to the house. Vigilia y ayuno y oración. So, when we try to understand one another, one of these words that Jesus uses is this word, abide. And it's like, there's so many interpretations, there's so many explanations, and it's like, what in the world does it mean to abide? Because he says, I am the vine, you are the branch. Those who abide in me, and I in them will bear much fruit. So I need to know what abide means. Because there's so many in the same manner that there's so many byproducts or results of not knowing what it's okay means. Whether you respond, which the way, in what form you respond to it's okay, life can go good for you. Or life can go real bad. And so what does abide mean? You know, I, I think about abiding in the original text. What it really means, and I'll start off with the definition. But what it really means is to make yourself at home. Now, when you think about make yourself at home, I think about making yourself at home. I think about two types of people. Good guests and bad guests. You know the good guests, right? They're the guys that come into the house you're the guys that help. Hey, can I do the dishes for you? Hey, oh, you need to. They're the ones that they stay over, but they ask for the house rules. Oh, do you need to take off your shoes? You got to make sure you don't take off your shoes and you put them in the rug. Oh, you know that there's a difference between inside dirt and outside dirt? <laughs> right? You know that there's a sponge for the dishes and a sponge for the counter? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing, Poppy, the same thing. <laughs> right? So... So, you know, you, 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 you kind of, the good guests, they know the deal. The bad guests, you know, I think about a bad guest. I think about, like, my six-year-old daughter, at, you know, when she has a boyfriend. Well, she's 35, though, 35. She's 35. She says, Daddy, you know, can I bring him over? I think about that guy, right? And I'm like, he better be a good guest. Because here's the thing. We say, hey, make yourself at home. But we don't mean that. You know what make yourself at home means? I'm watching you. Right? And so in a Hispanic home, I don't know if you guys know this. Can I share some of my Hispanic, Hispanic heritage? It's really good. I mean, it's eventful. I don't make this stuff up. This has stuff actually happened. All right? So there's one thing that a bad guest does in a Hispanic home. You know what that is? You know what the person that is there for the first time is absolutely not allowed to do? You open the fridge. Everybody pauses. Takes two steps back and sucks in air. 
And if it's somebody's son, it's like the Batman sign goes out again. Like, listen, you know what your son did? He came to my house and what he did? Oh my God, did he treat him? No, he opened the refrigerator. Oh my God, go get him right now. Because you know that's a bad guest. And so what I've realized is that, you know, in, 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 in studying this, I said, you know what? We don't really mean make yourself at home. Because even me, like, I don't really care if somebody opens my refrigerator. But let me tell you, when somebody comes to my house and they open the refrigerator and they've been there for the first time, every, all my past comes to, to mind. All of it. I'm like, <gasps> inside I'm like, <gasps> even though I don't care. It's ingrained in me, though. I'm like, <gasps> and I say it in Spanish too, abrieron el refrigerador. You know what I realized with God when he says abide? Come make yourself at home. Well, with people, we say make yourself at home. But what we're really saying is you got to earn your familiarity. See, after you've been there a couple of times, after you've been there 20 times, you can open up the refrigerator. You know, you, <laughs> you know what? And you know what? Bad guests, they easily overstay their welcome but here we have one of the greatest invitations of all time and he says abide and we think it's just a command but it's really an invitation and what he's saying is you can abide in me and I can abide in you and you don't ever and you can immediately make yourself at home and you can never overstay your welcome what he's saying is that hey from the moment you embrace what I've done for you. From the moment you've put your trust in me, you can immediately, that very instant, take off your shoes and make yourself at home and never, ever, ever have to worry about overstaying your welcome. You can find your place here in my love. That's so good. I pat myself. That was good. Go ahead, preacher. We have John chapter 15. Ooh, I'm going good time. I got like 17 minutes and 35 minutes left. Come on. John chapter 15. Look at this. He says, I am the vine. Now, can I teach? Can I teach real quick? For 10 minutes. I want to teach real quick. I want, I want you to grab this. <laughs> Amen. He says, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Now, watch this. Every branch that is in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now watch this, because typically in the modern translations of this verse, what you will find is that you will find this text that says that my father is the vine dresser, and if you don't abide in me, my father's gonna cut you off. So now we interpret this text as the father who's looking for people who are not abiding in Jesus so that he can cut them off. And we begin to translate this text in the eyes of humanity but the original text here is actually not cut off look at your modern day translation it'll say cut off i use the modern day all the time i use the new living all the time but for this particular text it's not translated to its purest the integrity is not kept there because the original translation actually says lift up or take up So new, the New King James actually puts it take away, but there's a little, a little footnote there. And then if you follow the bottom of your Bible, okay, you will see in that footnote, or if you click the footnote on your 
app, right? You will see in the bottom it says take up. And if you do now history on the vine dresser, you'll begin to understand that vine dressers would never, ever try to cut off a branch that doesn't bear fruit. So imagine now the mindset of a believer. The mindset of a believer says, I got to bear fruit. Because if I don't bear fruit, daddy's going to cut me off. And so now I got to look for this fruit. I'm like, oh my God, where's this love? Where's this peace? Where's this joy? I don't got it. What's going to happen to me? I'm going to get cut off. But only the opposite is what Jesus is trying to tell his disciples. He's saying, if you, if you abide in me and I abide in you, even when you don't bear fruit, See, the vine dressers, what they did at that time, they would actually link up those branches that weren't bearing fruit and they would try to expose them to the sun more and try to water them more. As a matter of fact, the vine dresser will take more care of the, the branches that are not bearing fruit than the branches that are bearing fruit and he links them up to the branches that are bearing fruit so that he can be lifted up from the dirt and lifted up from... Man, I came to tell you today that, hey, you might feel like you've been going to POG for some time. And maybe you look at your life and you say, man, I, I don't think I'm bearing fruit. I look like sister. I look at sister so-and-so and she got branches out to here and she's branch. She got canepas and she got my, my. But I don't got jack. I'm just like, what in the world? Like, don't worry. Guess what? There's a God up in heaven that is looking at you. Oh, my God. And he's saying, you might not bear fruit now, but I'm not done with you yet. I'm going to lick you up with some people. I'm going to lift you up out of addiction. I'm not going to cut you off because of addiction. I'm going to lift you up because of your addiction. I'm going to lift you up because of your, your, your failures. I'm going to lift you up because of your darkness and your past and all your... I'm going to lift you up. Then it hit me. You ever person, you ever met a person who like plants? They're weird. <laughs> Wait, this was open, is this? Okay. <laughs> you have, you've met a person that likes plants? They're weird. They need to get saved. <laughs> and it hit me, I was like, oh snap. This is why plant lovers are so in love with their plants because they don't give up on their plants. This is why there's been a plant dying in my kitchen for 15 years. She brought it from Brooklyn. And, it's a, and I'm like, when are you going to throw this plant away? It's dying. She goes, no, it's still living. It's still living. Mira, mira que linda es, mira que linda es. This is our God. This is our God. Just when we look like we're dying and just when we look like we're about to, that's it, we're about to expire. God says, no, you're still beautiful. You're still gorgeous. You're still amazing. I still love you. I'm not going to cut you off. You know who cut people off? We do. And I, you know, it was a, this is a joke. A, a guy went to the doctor. He said, doctor, my wife talks to plants. He goes, what's wrong with that? He goes, no, over the phone. (laughs) 
And I said, my God, you love us so much. And, but we're the ones that cut people off. You know why? Because our love is conditional. Let's be honest. The stuff that gets on our nerves sometimes, I'm like, God, why am I like that? You, we cut people off, church. Somebody cuts us off in line. Oh, somebody looks at us the wrong way. I have to catch myself. Somebody, I, there's certain teenagers nowadays, teenagers are looking like grown folk so they can get it sometimes, you know? But I catch myself and they're like grilling me. They're like, and I'm, you know, you know what I'm saying in here, but I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Make the wrong move, cuz. And that's just being, being polite right now, but I'm not going to be transparent right there. Why am I so easy to cut somebody else? Somebody does me wrong. You know, somebody show, showed up at my church the other day to fight me. That's a true story. And I said, and I'm ready to cut them off. That's it. It's done. You, you messed up. You're done. You're dead to me, pa. You're dead. <laughs> and I'm like, God, I need you. Because if you didn't cut me off, I can't cut people off. We're the ones that cut people off. But our father, look at the love that our father has. Can we bring up that scripture? Look at the love of the vine dresser. Look at, look at them. Listen, the message of the vine dresser is not saying. See, people have merged the scripture verse 2 with verse 6. Verse 6 that says, those that are not connected. Those that are not connected are different from those that are connected and are not bearing fruit. We have merged them to be two, uh, one class of people. But there's really two classes of people that Jesus is describing here. One of them that are not connected to the Father. And one that are connected to the Father and yet not bearing fruit. There's two classes of people. Verse 2 and verse 6. But look at the context of this. In verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. My father's what? That you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the father loved me, I also loved you. What? Abide in my love. <laughs> He's saying, hey, listen, the way that my daddy loves me, and he will never sever me, and he will never cut me off, that's the way I love it. I love you. You know how you get all in that? Abide in my love. In my what? My love. And it goes on to say in that text, those that follow my commandments. Yeah, but you cannot follow God's commandments without abiding in his love first. You cannot abide in his love first unless you experience God's love for you. <sighs> I gotta go, I gotta go. Verse 15. Look, watch this, watch this. No longer do I call you servants for a servant. This is all in the same chapter. No longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what, is the, what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all the things I have I heard from my father I have made known to you you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you should go bear fruit and that your fruit should what remain now we're now we're stuck because if we abide one day whoo, we're in the glory but if we're not abiding oh we're in the dumpster <laughs> we're like God, if I abide a whole day, can I get two for one? Like I abide a one day, all day, can I get the next one free? 
because I abided yesterday and today I don't feel like this whole abiding thing. I'm not praying, uh, you know. And, and what we become is that we, we now look at these scriptures. If we go to, it says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and withered and they gather them up and throw them in the fire and they are burned. So now we take this verse and we think that the Bible's talking about those that are not bearing fruit. Then what in the world does abide mean? Because according to this text, can I teach? I teach. According to this text, if I don't abide, I'm going to hell. I'm going to burn. They're going to put song on me and I'm done. I'm done. So now what we, what we do? What's human nature? Well, human nature is this. Then I need to produce fruit. And we now get so focused on the fruit we never mind the root. We get so focused on the results that we ignore the foundation. We now get into this mindset of performance or perish. Produce or perish. Sorry for spitting in the front row. It's living water. What do I do then? Because I need to perform, Pastor Rowe. I need to start producing because if I don't produce, I'm going to get cut off and I'm going to be burned. And so this question now is going back to the beginning. I need to find out what God is trying to say when he says abide. Because if I don't abide just right and perfectly and, and, and I'm, I'm on point, if I don't do it just right, I'm going to burn. And sometimes I just, I don't feel like I'm abiding. I don't feel like I'm living holy. I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in tongues the way I should. I don't feel like I'm fasting enough. I don't feel like I'm praying enough. I don't feel like I am doing enough. And all of a sudden, you start every sentence with I, 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 No, abiding no longer is about God, is it? Now you're looking to abide by what you do. What do you have to do to abide? Answer that question. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta guess. You know how you could list that, 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 that list as long as you want and it still won't be good enough because guess what no matter how holy you live or how holy you think you live a holiness or or walking in holiness is not abiding in Jesus see abiding in holiness is a byproduct of abiding in Jesus oh my god I'm you want to live you want to live in love you want to walk in love? You think that's abiding in Christ? No. Abiding in love is a byproduct. So I no longer have to focus on producing the fruit. I need to focus on my relationship with Jesus. Can I prove to you real quick, scripturally? Can I prove to you real quick how much time we got? Oh, we good. Take, take your time, Pastor. Take your time. Can I prove to you? John chapter 6. John chapter, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 3. So John is the same author that writes this verse right here. Same author, the same guy. He says, whoever abides in him does not what? 
Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Ay, ay, ay. So you, so you think that abiding in Jesus is performance? Then how's your not sinning life going? How's that going for you, buddy? How's that going for you, good chap? You're not sinning life. Guess what? If you sinned, that means that if you said a little white lie in your mind, you don't even know Jesus. Te perdiste, papá. You don't even know him. Really. So what does this word abide really mean? Because now it says that I cannot sin. I was, I was sinning only once a day. I got up to sin once a day. I was good. I was like, whoa, that's my sin for the day. I'm good. I'm like a spiritual diet, right? <laughs> we counting calories, but we counting sins like, okay, I only had three for the day. I'm awesome. And this whole abiding thing is starting to get complicated because this is why people give up on God. It's like, I, I can't count all these calories, man. I can't, I can't count all these sins. Well, how's your sinless life going? I'm pretty good, right? Because according to this, if you abide in Christ, there's no sin. Neither have you seen him. What does abide mean? The same author. The next chapter. Look what he says. 1 John chapter 4, verse 15. Look what he says. Whoever confesses that Jesus <laughs> is the Son of God, God abides in him and he abides in God oh man I, if I was you I would have got excited right there he says whoever puts his trust in me whoever puts his faith in me in that very moment he can make himself at home in me and I can make myself at home in him he doesn't have to worry about overstaying his welcome my God he abides in me and I abide in him what is he saying People focus so much on the abiding of Jesus that they forget that the focus is that Jesus is abiding in you. Woo! And so, so when I think about abiding in Jesus, he says, whoever puts his faith, whoever puts his trust in and declares that Jesus is the son of God, God begins to dwell in him. And then he begins to dwell in God. And God begins to dwell in him. And all of a sudden, it's, it's not one or the other. It's one with the other. Come on. And then he's... He says, he says, he says, guess what? You, you, your sin could be placed on me and then my grace will be placed on you. Oh my God. Your failures could be placed in me, but my, 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 my victory will be placed in you. Your sickness could be placed on me, but my healing will be placed on you. Your unforgiveness could be placed. Oh my God. Woo! He says, abide in me. Abide in you. When does that take place? When you put your faith in Jesus. That very moment. Put your faith in Jesus. It's there. Now I can confess it. Because I'm abiding in him and he's abiding in me. You know. That leaves us with. Three scriptures. There was this woman by the name Martha. Watch this. If we could bring up that scripture. See, I begin to realize this. 
And this is why I call this Vine Famous, because so many of us are like, we got to do it for the Vine. But God is saying, no, you just got to embrace what the Vine has done for you. Got to do it for the Vine. I ain't going to do it. No, no, no. Embrace what the Vine has done for you. not trying to be vine famous I'm trying to make the vine famous this woman by the name of Martha the Bible says that Jesus was her guest she goes I'm gonna go hook it up for Jesus I'm gonna serve Jesus I'm gonna make it all good for Jesus, I'm gonna throw it down. I'm gonna make some arroz con gandule, con bistec saboyado, con tostones y maduritos ahí para si quieres. For your choice. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that. Look, look at the text. And Eugene Peterson, he's the author of the paraphrase. Excuse me, of the paraphrase version of the Bible, uh, the Message. If you see MSG, it says the Message. And he did this so, so that people in his church could understand, you know, what the original author was really trying to communicate. It's like, it's like if in the Hispanic home, if you say negrita, that's a good term. Try to say that in English to somebody. You're in trouble, you're in trouble. Right? You go, hi, it's me negrita. Oh, that's my little black girl. It just doesn't translate the same. <laughs> Don't translate the same, right? Negrita is actually a good term. So the author, he, he wants to put this and he wants to capture what's happening. Now watch this. He says, a woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel where? Quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who had sat before the master, hanging on what? Every word. Every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do. You know, we, we look at this and here it says all she had to do in the kitchen, but it's all you had to do. You know, sometimes we're like, we get so distracted by all we have to do. Maybe for her it was the kitchen. Maybe for you it's life. Maybe for you it's your family. Maybe for you it's performance. But look at this text. It says later she stepped in and inter interrupted. She said, Jesus! Don't you know she doesn't know the difference between clean dirt, inside dirt, and outside dirt. Master, don't you even care that my sister has abandoned me to the kitchen? Like, she just left me. Tell her to lend me a hand. That the, and the master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much, getting yourself worked up over nothing. He calls all her performance and everything that was distracting her, everything that she was doing for who? She wasn't doing it for herself. She was doing it for Jesus. She was trying to perform for Jesus. And people who are performers tend to teach other people how to perform rather than rest. So she's like, can't you see she's not performing? Can't you see that she's not doing the very thing that I'm doing? I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to hook you up. I'm trying to do the right thing. And many times we're like, oh my God, I'm trying to worship. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to pray. Look, you're not doing anything and you're getting blessed. And look what he says. That's nothing. That's not abiding, Martha. <laughs> Can I show you what abiding is? 
He says, Mary has chosen it. And it's the what? Main course. And it won't be taken from her. The moment you place your trust in Jesus and begin to abide in him and him in you, it will never be taken away from you. Woo! I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. You mean I don't have to be like Martha in my everyday life? I can just rest? Well, pastor, what do I have to do? Romans chapter 8, look how he puts it. Romans chapter 8, the same, the same author. Watch this, watch this. Then we'll finish up right here. What do I have to do, Pastor Ro? Romans chapter 8. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12. <laughs> Ashley looked like Martha back there in a few minutes ago. What's the best thing? What's the greatest thing I can do for God? What's the greatest thing? Look. So here's what I want you to do. This is Paul begging, begging the Romans, the church in, Roman, in Rome. He's, he's begging them. He says, I beseech you by the mercies of Christ in the original translation. He says, in view of his mercy, that's the original translation, in view, in view of God's mercy. Eugene Peterson writes it this way. He goes, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, Oh, what does that mean? You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life and place it before God. What was Martha doing? She was placing her life before God. Place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you could ever do for him. What can I do for God? The greatest thing that I can do for God is to embrace everything that he's done for me. I said embrace everything that he's done for me. Embrace is another word for abide. Woo! The greatest thing I can do for God is to abide in him. How do I abide in him? Embrace everything he's done for me. You guys could give God another strong clap offering of praise. You know, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place and and I feel like there's a lot of Marthas in this room, you know? And and hey, Martha is normal. That's normal. I wake up Martha every day. For me, it's it's sometimes the work of God. Sometimes I get so caught up in the work of God that I I forget the God of the work. I'm like, God, I got to do this for you. And he's like, wait a minute. One day I told God my church. He goes, whose church? Made for you something different, and you're like, you woke up Martha today. My kids, my kids. Oh my. You know, it was death, death, death in the family today. I gotta do. 
What am I going to do? God, can't you see? God, look what she asked. She said, God, do you even care? Do you even care, God? You ever been there? Are you just like, God, do you even? God, I don't mean to be disrespectful, God. Do you even care? God is saying, hey, just abide in me. Abide in me. And you will experience the love of the Father. You won't need to ask if I even care because the love of God will dwell in you. Your questions will be answered within you because I dwell in you. Can we get up on our feet? I want to make a call here. Before we get into worship, before we come forward, I want to give an opportunity for you to respond in this place. This is not emotionalism. This is not fabrication. This is one moment that God is saying, hey, can you put your trust in me today? If you say, I want to experience what abide really means. Can I, can I make a guarantee to you today? That when you experience it today, it will never be taken away from you. And your unforgiveness will abide in him while his forgiveness abides in you. The Bible says that on the cross that Jesus became our sin offering so that we can have life and life in abundance. Let your resentment be placed on him so that his love can be placed on you and in you. I don't know if there's any first-time visitors today, but it, this is for everyone. If that's you today, right there where you are, if you say, I just want to place my trust and faith and confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God will immediately make his home in your life. And you immediately can make your, make home in his life and in his love. If that's you right there where you are, can you just lift up your right hand right there where you are? I see the hand, I see the hand. Right there where you are, come on, I see the hand. I see the hand. 